Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to episode 2 of the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. We are coming back with another episode this time around. And uh, we are fresh off the heels of another exciting post-WrestleMania Raw. By the way, before we get ahead to what we're going to talk about today, my name is Stan. It's your boy, Ro. And we are your official Filipino uh, analysts of re- the world of wrestling. We are calling it. Nobody's been here before. Nobody's done it before. We are starting it. We are starting something here. You can check us out on SoundCloud, by the way. Just search for us. Uh, or you can type the direct URL, soundcloud.com slash sgp-podcast-2014. And we are also available at the following websites. We, uh, we've, we are at botchedlegdrop.com. That's B-O-T-C-H-E-D, legdrop. Dot com, that's one word. And we are also at Geekout, geekout.ph. That's G-E-E-K-O-U-T dot P-H. By the way, we are on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to react to anything and everything that we have to say. It's at Stan947. And it's at Roizwar, R-O-I-S-W-A-R. With that, let's get to the biggest bit of news that happened throughout the week uh, since WrestleMania 30, the passing of the Ultimate Warrior. It was very shocking. It did catch us by surprise just because... He was on uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. He was on WrestleMania 30. Hell, he cut a promo at Monday Night Raw. And then mere hours, mere hours after the fact, we find out that Warrior just died. You know what? You, you, hit, you hit it right on the head. It's been a really, really crazy week of wrestling. It's, I never thought it would happen that way. It, but the first time I saw uh, Triple H announce in, on his Twitter account that um, Ultimate Warrior had just suddenly passed. You know, he was just last. The last tweet he tweeted was something about um, main event, the the show that night. Um, it's something about the Shield, and all of a sudden he tweets about the Ultimate Warrior passing, and it's just really surreal. After seeing him at WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame, Monday Night Raw, it's just really weird. It's been a crazy week of wrestling, and it's only gonna get crazier. It's it just got crazier. And here's the thing: uh, people have been making Warrior uh, Warrior death hoaxes since 1991. People have been talking about the supposed death of the Ultimate Warrior. And when he actually kicked the bucket here in 2014, just this week, his death received more mainstream attention than Daniel Bryan's world title win, than Brock Lesnar ending the streak. You know what? That's totally okay. And you know why? Ultimate Warrior was a part of these people's childhood. Everyone, everyone alive today, they watched wrestling, wrestling as kids. And, you know, Ultimate Warrior was one of their heroes, if not Hulk Hogan, if not the other guys. Um, it would not be much of a surprise to me if, well, you know, everything that happened is not really a surprise to me because it is part of their childhood. We mentioned that the Ultimate Warrior did go on Monday Night Raw and he delivered a very compelling promo that when, when it first came out, Warrior, a lot of people made jokes about the promo. Uh, Ro here. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I remember he, that. He made his own jokes about about the Ultimate yeah, Warriors promo. You know what? 
it never even occurred to me that that was going to be his last film. I, it never occurred to anyone. And while I was hearing this um, old man wearing an, a, a mask of what, what was once his face paint and delivering an old-style warrior promo about about death and living on and living on forever and legends and back then at at that moment I did not understand what was going on and I even joked on Twitter that I need a translator for this it's usually my good friend Al Lehman of Lords of Pain who is the humble scribe of Ultimate Warrior you know what I I have no idea as well what Ultimate Warrior was trying to say I had no idea that that was going to be his last public appearance and that could have probably been his last address ever right Uh, so without further ado why don't we play you Yeah, for the the benefit of those who haven't heard the promo yet if you've um, been living under a rock yeah you need you need to hear this promo because it's surreal and we will explain why after you hear it come on roll this time well then you shut up warrior and let me do the talking. <laughs> no WWE talent becomes a legend on their own. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others, it makes them bleed deeper in something than larger than life. Then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized by the storytellers, by the loyalty, by the memory of those who honor him and make the running the man did live forever. You, 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 you are the legend makers of Ultimate Warrior. In the back, I see many potential legends, some of them with warrior spirits, and you will do the same for them. You will decide if they lived with the passion and intensity So much so that you will tell your stories and you will make them legends as well. I am Ultimate Warrior. You are the Ultimate Warrior fans. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever. Wow, so that that was pretty much it. That was the Ultimate Warrior's last promo. And if you didn't understand that, um, if you didn't understand the words he was saying, what the context of the words he was saying was, we're going to quote some parts of it to you because you just have to hear this. Um, it's really, really creepy, especially after what happened, after he died suddenly the night after Raw. You really have to hear this. Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe the final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them bleed deeper and something larger than life, then his essence, his spirit will be immortalized. And it's funny because uh, when WWE 2K14 first came out, they were marketing at, marketing it as the return of the Ultimate Warrior to the WWE. It pretty much set, uh, set in motion how Warrior would be welcomed back with open arms by the WWE Universe. And remember the tagline of that game? Become immortal. Mm-hmm. So, 
parang ang, ang, ang dali sobrang gawa ng connections. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, this is like a gold mine for you. Did you hear those words? Did you hear those words? Like, um, he's talking about living forever, living on, um, you know, pump, blood pumping throughout the veins. It's weird. Ang weird lang talaga kasi um, it's like he was saying goodbye and it's like he knew for, you know, for some reason he might have known that he was, his time was up. He was going soon. And I can't explain it. I, I, I just can't explain it, man. How often do you actually hear somebody give their own eulogy? It, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And while I was watching uh, the Ultimate Warrior deliver that promo in real time, the ko was, wow, I think this guy is delivering a eulogy for the Ultimate Warrior character. Who knew that he was actually, or that right now, at this time, we can interpret it as the guy giving a eulogy for himself. Um, within hours, let me say it again, within hours of delivering that promo, uh, Warrior was dead. I thought he was just thanking the fans when he was cutting that promo. I mean, maybe he was retiring. Well, he was retired, but I thought he was just really thanking the fans. And I didn't um, really associate it with death, even after reading it again, after knowing now what happened. I didn't associate the words themselves with death. But if you really take into context the incident, then the words just come together in that weird way. And you know, uh, the passing of the Ultimate Warrior, uh, like I mentioned early on in this podcast, it did get a lot of mainstream attention, particularly uh, on, on US TV. A journalist by the name of Nancy Grace. Am I getting her name right? Yes, Nancy Grace. Um, Na- she's pretty notorious for the wrestling fandom because um, he, she touched on on the death of Chris Benoit after it happened. And it was really a media circus from, from her. She's one of the main culprits of perpetuating this stereotype that wrestlers are all roided up meatheads who are out of control and stuff. And Nancy, Nancy Grace was at it again. She was able to interview Drake the Snake Roberts uh, just hours after the Ultimate Warrior was confirmed to have passed away. And her comments pretty much riled up the entire wrestling, wrestling universe. Not only WWE universe, but the wrestling universe. You had guys like Zeb Coulter, a true veteran of this business. In case you didn't know, he was, uh, he was Dutch Mantel in, in another lifetime, <laughs> another so to speak. Lifetime. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Zeb Coulter, Dutch Mantel, whatever the hell you want to call him, uh, he's very personal in connection with Ultimate Warrior. He was uh, Warrior's manager when he was tag team partners with Sting back when they were the Blade Runners. For those who don't know, the Blade Runners were um, carbon copies of, you know, second-rate, trying-hard, copycat versions of the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. That's why uh, both Sting and the Warrior had the face paint and they were jacked up. Uh, I think yung, yung similarity, uh, yung, yung main difference ng nila sa Road Warriors is that they didn't have the spikes, they didn't have tights, they wore trunks. I... You know what? I I'm just conjecture. I'm conjecturing here. I have. I was not. You know. I was not alive for that period of wrestling history. So we can. I'm really just going by what what David Shoemaker wrote in his book. That's right. Uh, his book is called the uh, the Squared Circle: Life, Death, and Professional Wrestling. And in the book, David Shoemaker, or the Mass Man, as you know him from uh, Grantland. from Grantland and from his podcast Cheap Heat, which is also hosted on Grantland, uh, he did write. Uh, about a, the a chapter Ultimate Warrior. About yeah. the Ultimate Warrior. He wasn't dead yet. Um, he, he usually writes about um, deceased superstars, but he wasn't dead yet when he wrote it. And he probably just, uh, from the best of my rec- recollection, he was writing about the rumors of Ultimate Warrior's death back then, um, which we alluded to before. Um, if, you, if you remember, Stan, um, the rumor back then in our childhood days was Ultimate Warrior died because he yung yung, ano niya, yung bicep niya yeah. after trying to lift Yokozuna. 
And that's a whole lot of bullshit, actually. It, it was a whole lot of BS. Uh, but it's funny lang for me. Uh, as, as a, first of all, as a fan of The Masked Man. Second of, all, second of all, as a fan of professional wrestling. To have read about The Ultimate Warrior in a book about dead wrestlers. I, I, I expected to read about Benoit. I expected to read about Rick Rude, Eddie Guerrero, uh, the Von Erich family. But not about The Ultimate Warrior. But it made sense. It was kind of fitting and kind of appropriate for me to read about The Ultimate Warrior in the book. Just because the character had long died. And the Ultimate Warrior's relevance in the world of wrestling had, had just waned in the, in the years since he retired in 1998. But it's really weird. Um, but not weird, but it's really amazing to see every, every, the childhood fans come together after, the, after Warrior's death. Um, you may say that his relevance has waned in the modern era, but wow, he still has that amazing major pull Ang lakas pa rin ng hatak niya. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the main fact that Warrior died got all of these wrestling fans together. And ito yung naging effect until now. Ngayon, pinag-uusapan natin siya. We are talking about the ultimate warrior. Uh, he has taken his place. Uh, uh, he's taken his place um, you know, on the other side along with all of the wrestlers we've grown up loving and have gone on. Uh, the ultimate warrior has joined them. Um, it's just, it, it just really takes a whole lot of, of, of emotion una-una. And it, Leaves us at a loss for words. And yeah, funny how you should mention that um, we're devoting a significant, uh, I'm sure it's significant time of our podcast, um, talking about the ultimate warrior. Uh, but the, uh, the irony here is that Stan and I were too young to have witnessed, to be, have been fans and witnessed the ultimate warrior in his prime. And personally, I feel sorry that I did not get to witness this. I'm, I'm As sure, it happened, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I would have been really excited. Maybe as a child, maybe as um, a wrestling fan, old an older wrestling fan. Looking back now, I'm just sorry. I'm I'm I was not around to to be a fan and all of that. You know, uh, the only Ultimate Warrior match I ever got to see in full was his WrestleMania six match with Hogan. I got to see it back when uh, the WWE was actually showing um, the classics on TV. So I, I, Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I remember this. Um, I also remember how much it was referred to back in you know WrestleMania twenty. It was, it was such a big moment. Um, they played probably the last few minutes of the match, and I understood how big it was. But that was the only um, that was the only exposure I had to the Ultimate Warrior. And I guess this is our way as not not just as as uh, as as marks, but as marks as as observers, as people who love this business, as true wrestling fans, as true wrestling fans. Thank you of paying tribute and the ultimate sign of respect to the Ultimate Warrior. He said it best when he said uh, on Monday Night Raw that the spirit of the Ultimate Warrior will live forever. Now, uh, a lot of. Uh, you know, people can say that things do live forever, but one thing that we know will not live forever is the Undertaker streak. Oh my God! What are we talking about the streak again? Did we talk about this enough back in the first episode? Well, we did talk about it a lot, but after Monday Night Raw, kitang kita na natin yung backlash. There, there was it was sure uh, it was surely going to happen. There was going to be an aftermath, and what do you know? Uh, now we already we, we can feel it. Eh? Like the the end of the streak has shocked so many people that it received mainstream attention. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, right alongside the death of the yeah, Ultimate yeah, Warrior. It's really another thing. Um, All of these news outlets. Have, people who have not followed wrestling in so in so long, they've been coming to me and oh, they've been mentioning oh, bro, uh, the understate the Undertaker lost na pala at WrestleMania. How did that happen? And yeah. Like, well, well, he lost. It, it was his time. He was re- he's retiring, I guess, and he's old. It's his decision to lose. Oh, but sino kaniyan siya na talo, bro? Um, Brock Lesnar, eh. 
Talaga, may Brock Lesnar. It, it was so hard to answer. Diba? Si Brock Lesnar of all people would be the one to break the streak. My boss is a wrestling, as a casual wrestling fan, she was happy that um, Undertaker lost, but she was not happy that it was to Brock. <laughs> the, the reactions are, are just so many Like you can put them on a spectrum And even if you plot it on a spectrum Hindi pa rin tayo satisfy Like we still can't uh, put a finger on You know the real logic behind it Why Brock? Was Brock the right guy? We went at length about this Over in uh, episode 1 of the podcast Yeah we, were not, we are not going to revisit this now We've devoted enough time to that In the previous episode So so we're moving forward by by probably talking about like what now. So where do we go after the Undertaker loses? What does this mean for for Brock Lesnar and for the rest of us? Well, it means that there is you know well first of all it means that Paul Heyman's stock has gone up all the way up. The funny thing is the great thing is Paul Heyman, despite all the outrage surrounding Brock Lesnar's win against the Undertaker at WrestleMania, he was able to own that with his promo. On Monday Night Raw, he called the whole lot of them, the whole lot of Undertaker's other opponents, losers, while cementing Brock Lesnar as you know a legend, a legend in the making, or, or a living legend. And he was basically saying that Brock was good enough, and he said it in such a convincing way that no more, no more issue. That's not the issue anymore. Here's the big question, though. I mean, I'm convinced that Brock is legit. Brock is the one in thirty, in twenty-one and one. Is is Brock defeating the streak? Is that is that his ticket to the WWE Hall of Fame? Well, my take on it is that he does not need this to be a ticket to the Hall of Fame. He already has a Hall of Fame career. He already has a Hall of Fame personality, um, Hall of Fame resume. Um, he's been through it all. He's been the next big thing. He's been the youngest, probably one of the youngest WWE champions in the world uh, in history, and it's it's. Icing in the cake, personally. If I were to think about it now, it's really just icing in the cake. I already know that Brock Lesnar is going to the Hall of Fame. People love him. He's really popular, no matter how long he stays away or where he went when he was away. It's not the um, Undertaker winning, Undertaker losing to him is not a big deal. Fair enough. Well, uh, well said, I guess. I, um, I wouldn't really know if if Brock needed. Uh, to end the streak to get into the Hall of Fame. Well, what what matters here is that Taker chose Brock. Um, there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, maybe we can. Help, the most we can have is the most we can have an issue with is how the match went down at WrestleMania 30. But um, Taker handpicked the Bro- handpicked Brock, and he wants to go out now. So I respect that as a fan. The and, both guys. And we have no. There really is nothing we can do. We have no control. So the most we can do really is to show the proper appreciation to both Taker and to Brock Lesnar, again, who who went from uh, who went to being the one from being the next big thing. Let's talk about though who will be the next big thing because at, at you know at the Raw following WrestleMania we saw a lot of NXT call ups. We had four NXT call ups that already uh, made their presence felt. Well, on technically, Monday Night Raw. one of them was already there since the Royal Rumble. So that's true. Um, you want to introduce him since you're such a big mark of his? Yes, I, I would like to introduce the Bulgarian brute, the super athlete, Alexander Rusev. Oh, yeah. Of course, accompanied by the ravishing Russian Lana. Mm, Alexander Rusev, uh, I first saw him. I, You know what? Back then, back when NXT was still FCW, I I saw this guy in the in the profile pages, um, you know, the galleries of the wrestlers in FCW in developmental. And I 
didn't think he was anything special. He was a big dude. He looked like a big dude with he was foreign, and that was it. And then when he when I first saw him get called up to the to the Royal Rumble, I didn't think much of him because at that point he was um, getting wins at NXT. Yeah, and I haven't seen any of his matches then, and I was really baffled as to why they were putting this guy over. But maybe I guess he spent enough time uh, down there in the farm system. And when I did see him at the Royal Rumble, he wow, he was amazing. He was moving everywhere. He was agile. He was jumping. He was throwing jumping kicks to faces, and he was just you know raining down knees on guys and nonstop. It was so um, he, wow. This was this was I was been missing. You know, the first time I saw Alexander Rusev was in the NXT episode last August where Cesaro and Zayn and Sami Zayn had that two out of three false match. Yep. They were actually on the same card. And uh, Rusev was in a squash match then, like Kalatang Halatana, he was going to kick his opponent's ass. But uh, even then, I was already impressed uh, with his agility, with his moveset, his offense, and his, his size. The fact that this guy uh, could move at his size. So, you know, um, yung, yung catchphrase that ni, ni uh, Bray Wyatt back when he was Husky Harris, mm-hmm. Army, oh, tank, Husky Harris. <laughs> Army Tank with a Ferrari engine, that kind of applies to Alexander Rusev. I just remembered what I thought of Rusev back when I first saw him at the Rumble. Wow, I thought. That this guy was a much better Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah, Vladimir you could Ko- say that. I I liked Vladimir Kozlov. Um, he was um one of those guys who who would just pick up other dudes in the ring and throw them around, believe, believably. And I like that stuff. But with Rusev, you get that, and a whole lot of other um, other skills. You know, moving around, flying around, strikes, uh, grapples, submissions, everything he can do. It's like a controlled frenzy. And that's because of his MMA background. I'm not even sure if that's a real MMA background, but since he's been in in, in FCW for so long now, for years, yeah. But wow, he makes it look if it, it's whether it's fake or it's real, he does make it look convincing in the ring. What I want to watch out for, I guess, is how Rusev's character evolves. Like he can't just keep on being the Bulgarian brute forever, right? Um, the evolution of his character is one thing I will keep my eye on. Kind of um. like how. <laughs> Like Umaga, like for the longest yeah, yeah, time yeah. he was such a savage. And then you hear you heard him talk. When wow, we heard he him has talk. no accent, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was a that was a big thing for me. So if Rusev can can get to that point some two or three years down the road, I'd be happy. Well, that's that's overthinking it. He's just he just debuted he just debuted on Smack on Raw. Yeah, and that's looking way too far ahead. I know he's been around for months. But come on, give him, give him, give him some slack, man. How about we let Lana do her work? All right, that's that's true. That's true. And I'm really amazed. I'm really amazed at how Lana, who is obviously an American actress, her real has, name is C.J. Perry, by the way. Uh, you, you might want to look her up if for those who have a huge crush on her. Um, I'm really amazed at how much Russian she has learned because you know you don't see a lot of the you don't see a lot of the divas most of all take that kind of time and effort to embrace a character. That's right. Uh, I mean, the, her accent doesn't impress you, but the fact that she knows the words and that she probably knows the proper syntax and yeah, the grammar. Yeah, and it kind of sounds convincing. Wow. It does sound convincing, right? Uh, unlike, um, I, I don't know, I was thinking of giving Rosa Mendez as an example. Why? Why Rosa Mendez? I, I don't know. Why? Because she's um, a, Latin, a Latino, and she might be a Latino character, but she's what, speaks in straight fluent American accent what yeah off the top of my head yes <laughs> off the top of my head but uh, you know let's let's not hate on, on Rosa Mendez and let's just show a lot of love to Rusev, to Lana and the rest of the NXT call-ups but you're right you're right I, I, I would like 
I, I am now keeping my eye on Rusev because I really like the way he works now. That's all. I, I agree with you. How about Bo Dallas and Adam Rose? They weren't on Raw specifically, like they didn't appear, but we saw their vignettes air. Bo Dallas is a weird thing. He's really strange because um, for those who re- for those who remember, Bo Dallas first debuted on the main roster last year. Last no, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven was it that far ago? Uh, at the forty man Royal Rumble. Was it twenty eleven? Oh my god, I can't remember. I. It's either 2012 or 2013. He entered number 16 in the Royal Rumble that sure? year. And he eliminated Wade Barrett. And then Barrett came back out to eliminate Bo Dallas. It was that long ago. Wow. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. 2013. 2013. I told you. It was my bad, my bad. That was, the, that was the Royal Rumble I missed. Right, right, right. I remember this. Yes, yes. The uh, 2013 Royal Rumble when Bo Dallas won the first ever Royal Rumble fan fest to be the first NXT superstar to appear in the Royal Rumble. And um, he actually had a mini feud with Wade Barrett right after that Rumble m- match took place. And the problem with um, the problem with Bo Dallas is that he is a guy who you he is really straight up unlikable. People like him, no doubt, no doubt. But he has a face and a voice. That is really unlikable. When you first heard Dolph Ziggler speak, I want to pick on Like his <laughs> yeah, voice, yeah, his yeah. voice pisses me off. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, yeah. If I didn't like Dolph Ziggler as a person and as a wrestler, I would hate to hear his voice. I already do hate to hear his voice. I hate hearing him talk. I hate him. I hate hearing him cutting promos. I don't think he's. He. I always think he needs a manager. But in a way, he does pull it off. But I don't like his voice. And Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas is cut from the same cloth. Almost cut from the same cloth, but he's straight up unbearable. But here's the thing. Uh, we know that Bo's got, a, got the potential because he comes from a wrestling family, number oh, one. Oh, don't you mean Bo-tential? Bo <laughs> I was about to cut. Uh, I was about to tell you to Bo-leave, but in the mo But he does have the Bo-tential, or whatever the hell you want to call that. But you know what? The character of Bo Dallas is weird now because in a way, he understands that he is... A heel because nobody really likes him, but he is the kind of heel that is obnoxious and pushes through with a face character as as though he has an actual following, and which in turn actually nets him a following. That's weird. You know who this reminds me of? Who? Kurt Angle. Because of the Usuck chance. Yes, because of the Usuck chance. Even when he was a face and doing face things, he still got a heel reaction at some point. Well, it's not. It's kind of not like that because, um, in a way, Kurt Angle is not that. Unbearable. Uh, he's a good guy. He's a good wrestler. He's um, got a great de- look. A great, uh, decent look. Decent um, promo skills. But Bo Dallas does not have the same skills as his brother Bray. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which, uh, for those who don't know, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas are brothers, and they are the sons of IRS. And it's just strange because it's good for a small audience like in NXT but how does it translate to the big audience of Raw and Smackdown I'm really scared to see how Bo Dallas fares because the first time he went out they shit they shat on him and I'm afraid they're gonna just gonna shit on him again well this will be a very big experiment and there's a lot on the line a lot on the line clearly because it's gonna be Bo Dallas' second run so um, I guess we can think about it the same way uh, as Fandango Remember, remember when he was Johnny Curtis and the crowd just shat on him, and and he came out as Fandango, and at first people did want to shit on him, and when he wowed everybody with how committed he was to the character and with his with his uh, his skill, uh, his skill on. Its I think own. it's um, established now that Fandango is a decent wrestler. 
he is a decent wrestler. I know, I know, I know, I know this. I don't need, I don't, you don't need to tell me this. Yeah. But some people don't believe because he has a ballroom dancer gimmick. Ballroom dancer gimmick aside, Fandango is legit. Now the question, uh, going back to Bo Dallas, is can Bo Dallas follow in Fandango's footsteps and be able to establish a decent niche for him in today's WWE? I just don't know. I just don't see it that way. Um, maybe he's gotten better. Maybe, just maybe. Or I maybe really seen it. I haven't really seen his work, his recent work, that much myself. But. If he's getting called up again, maybe someone's up there believes in him. Believes you in have him. to believe. Then okay, bahalana, buhay na yon, buhay na yon. There are other things in the WWE roster that can entertain me, and for and the rest of his haters. What about Adam Rose, whose vignettes we also saw? Actually, no, na pang vignette ni Adam Rose. Guess how Bo Dallas. That's true. That's true. Right? Uh, Adam Rose is the former Leo Kruger, and I like the Leo Kruger character. Um, for those who are not. Aware again, um, who those for those who don't watch NXT, uh, Adam Rose was once Leo Kruger. He is from South Africa. Like he was actually the former tag team partner of Justin Gabriel. Yes, they are both South Africans, and Leo Kruger's previous character was that of a big game hunter. Uh huh. Like he adopted this hunter as though he were stalking his prey in the ring, and that was a really badass gimmick when you think about it. You know how ma- how many other. Um, wrestlers in history can say that they got a hunter gimmick without making it look corny and stuff you know wearing safari gear and Leo Kruger is not a big guy he's not even 6 feet tall he's about 210 pounds 220 uh, tops um, and, and uh, he, they repackaged him as Adam Rose and when I first saw Adam Rose in NXT he struck me as a Russell Brand uh, parody yeah when I um when I first heard about this, um, I did not know what to think. Uh, it's a character, I guess, but I liked the Leo Kruger character so much more that I did not want it to change. I didn't want it to go away. But then I saw the vignettes on Raw, and you're right. He does sound like Russell Brand. That's weird. And now I'm hooked. I mean, not, not, not hooked, but okay, I'm interested to see where this is going. I like Russell Brand personally. He's one of my favorite comedians today. So when I saw Adam Rose do the Russell Brand stick, I was like, "I'm in. I'm sold. Say no more. I'm gonna be on the party bus." You're, uh, you're, in the, you're on the party bus, but I'm waiting to see if I should get in. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, we we probably gotta have to wait a little bit more, just a few more weeks until the vignettes finally come to uh, come to their end. Yeah, the yeah. culmination, which is the debut of Adam Rose. I will say this about the Adam Rose character, though. Um, I. Back when he was Leo Kruger, he was working this methodical gimmick, uh, this methodical style in the ring, and that was a bit boring to watch, especially against the wrong opponent. But maybe if he's um, a party boy in the vein of John Morrison, uh, you know, early John Morrison, yeah, maybe he would bring a more entertaining style to the ring. Maybe he got better. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. And I guess that's what I'm excited to see as somebody who is clearly on the party bus. How sure. about the biggest debut from uh, on on Monday Night Raw? Oh, that's true. Oh my God, it was the, the debut. I was waiting like oh, the whole damn long time. We have been happened. waiting for this for quite a while. And how many times can we actually say that in a night the biggest debut belonged to that of a diva? No, you can't ever say that until. Um, Maybe in the next lifetime Diba? Uh, if you don't know who we're talking about We're talking about the current Divas champion And, and NXT women's champion Thank you And NXT women's champion Her name is Paige And she's a second generation wrestler British wrestler She's um, a British wrestler Second generation British female wrestler Her mother was also a champion 
Hell, she wrestled her mother in an epic match back in the Indies. Exactly, exactly. And wow, this was the debut I was waiting so long to see because you know the state of the Divas division. The Divas division isn't, you know, it isn't so much to write home about. Um, there are good divas here and there, but there are only, what, a handful of them. Maybe less than a handful. And We can name them, like, off the top of our heads yeah, exactly. right, da- right, right now. Uh, you got AJ, you got Natalia, you the got Bellas. Tamina. The Bellas are barely on the list. They're on my second hand, but um, who else? Um, maybe Alicia Fox. Um, you know, Emma. Emma, yeah, Emma. You, you, missed, you missed Emma. And, you know, a whole lot of those girls. Um, some, some of those girls walk their, uh, work their asses off, but there are only a few who Naomi yeah, the most yeah, athletic yeah, yeah, yeah. girl in the, 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 in the most athletic diva in the division right now but I had been waiting so long for Paige to save the divas division she she, she first um, came into NXT with the anti-diva gimmick and she still kind of has that anti-diva gimmick right well, now I guess it's not as much now since um, she's the face against AJ's heel yeah but wow it finally happened and What a debut It was appropriate pa, Just because AJ was cutting a promo About how she is The Divas division right now Exactly like She's beaten everybody And then you have that one girl She hasn't faced And it. I saw that coming The moment she saw The moment she said That she was The Divas division I knew someone, Something big Was gonna happen And And I, I called it right Paige showed up Um and then she didn't just show up. She took AJ's title and ran the fuck away. Yeah, yeah. And the moment I heard, the moment AJ said she was putting her title on the line, I knew we were gonna have a new Divas champion tonight. And we've had this before. We've seen people debut and win a title in their first match before. It happened with Christian. It happened with Carlito. Uh, it's happened before um, with Santino. Santino as well. That's right. Those three the, uh, three characters all won the inter no uh, Christian Light Heavyweight Championship. When, when he did I don't remember this But okay uh, but, but yeah We've seen this before uh, But to have To have this happen to Paige I guess it shows That the company Believes in Paige Well I There, there are criticisms Of that match Or of that segment uh, In that um, it's not, It wasn't the best way To debut Paige um, it And could, that AJ lost Really quickly Yeah And I understand The criticism But Personally, it was a Marcotte moment because I'd been waiting so long. I, sorry, I've been saying this so much. I've been saying over and over. I've been waiting so long for Paige to debut, but it's true. I was so excited. And I this, want to see Paige. And this is going to be a compelling rivalry between AJ and Paige, just because mga iba talaga sila. They've got uh, they've got um, different styles, different looks. They their characters stand for different things, and I guess this begs the question. At this point in time, can we say that AJ and Paige are the next Trish Stratus and Lita? You know what? The only way that's gonna happen for me is if AJ doesn't leave the WWE to go get married to CM Punk. Okay. Th- there's the fear of that happening because we all saw the engagement ring. Yeah. And it might, and the loss on Raw might be her swan song, or you know, the start, the beginning of the end. And that the Lita Trish status comparison is only gonna happen if AJ sticks around long enough. And I'm really, really afraid that that's not gonna happen. All right. If if Queen DC AJ, who? Who would be uh, the the Lita to Paige's Trish or the Trish to Paige's Lita? You're going to think me weird for saying this, but it might be Emma. You know what? I was thinking the same thing. I don't <laughs> think you're weird at all. Because in NXT, yeah, they, yeah, they were true. already being built up as the next uh, the next Trish and Lita. Again, we're going to say this over and over. We've said this over and over. For those who don't watch NXT, Emma is actually more than just a dancer who does weird dance moves. She's actually a competent wrestler. 
and she's been putting on great matches against Paige on that show. That's right. You have to watch NXT. Uh, do yourself a favor. If you need a starting point, you can either look for the August episode where Sami Zayn and Cesaro main evented with a two out of three falls match. Two out of three falls match, yeah. Because that's the show that got me hooked on to NXT. Or you can start off with NXT Arrival, which was their 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 own PPV of sorts. Live on the WWE Network. Where uh, where Adrian Neville beat Bo Dallas in the main event to be the new NXT champion. And that's why they. That's why she he dropped the, the NXT championship because he was going up. Because he was moving up. That's right. Now, uh, we've, we've talked about the call-ups And we've talked about what this means For the respective divisions and their characters But we are missing some key players from NXT Who many believe, many marks and smarks alike believe Deserve to be called up right after WrestleMania Let's name three of them Connor, Victor, The Ascension, and Sami Zayn Sami Zayn uh, Again, again, I'm going to say this again For those of you who don't know Sami Zayn was the former El Generico. El Generico. He was a masked, fake Spanish wrestler who was clearly white, and he was he managed to wow independent crowds with his amazing athleticism. In real life, he is Lebanese Canadian. Yep, that's true, and that's and that reflects in his current in his current ring name, Sami Zayn, and in his attire. Exactly, and and he's been doing the same things in NXT as he was doing in the Indies, and that that's what. Lead people. That's what leads people to believe that he doesn't need any more seasoning. Maybe he needs to get called up to the main roster, and that's going to happen soon, according to rumors. That's going to happen soon. What about the Ascension, Connor and Victor? They're the current NXT Tag Team Champions, and uh, even before Victor came around, when Kenneth Cameron was Connor's partner, I loved the Ascension back then. Uh, they were ama- They were an amazing tag team. They were a different, a fresh new tag team. They had a supernatural gimmick, and that wasn't really explained as to why it was. You know what was it all about? But they were so menacing in a way that I really that in a way that didn't make them corny. Yeah, they they weren't corny. They still aren't corny. They're very menacing, as you said. Like you took the word straight out of my mouth. Um, I I still don't know exactly what to make of the ascension. To be very honest with you, and at this point now we're we're banking on rumors mm-hmm. that Connor and Victor will be called up very very soon. That's true. I want to see how I want to see how and when they can a wreak havoc on the tag team division and b be the tag team champions. Knowing the scene as it is now, that might be a short time. You know, we don't have the real Americans anymore. We are no have, more. Um, we don't have. The Rhodes brothers um, in active competition in the tag team division. Biggie and Mark Henry aren't tagging anymore. Uh, yeah, and the others are, you know, they're kind of jokes. Nina, man, I mean, you, you forgot the Shield. You forgot Harper but and the Rowan. Shields don't. But the Shield is no longer competing in that division. They've got bigger fish to fry. How about Harper and Rowan? Also got bigger fish to fry at the moment. At the moment. With John Cena. Yeah, with John Cena. But once the John Cena storyline finishes, do you see Luke Harper and Eric Rowan dipping their feet in the tag division once again? If the time is right, maybe. If if the if the storyline that Bray has is compelling enough, if on on his own, maybe. But I don't know. As it stands now, I would like the Ascension to come up and dominate. The way I see it, just to bring it back to the tag team division, the only way I think. Harper and Rowan actually sniff the tag team gold is if Bray Wyatt is able to uh, incorporate in championship mismo into his whole his whole uh, y- yung mga speech niya and the things that he preaches because remember when we talked about uh, we talked about this way way before before this podcast was even born before the shield uh, when before the shield started chasing championships because the championships were symbolic of mm-hmm. the injustice that's true that's true and then they started chasing after these championships 
And then uh, suddenly, ito na yung justice na hinahabol nila. I still think that the Wyatt family is a, are characters that don't care about championships. It's not in their nature. It's not in their blood. I don't think they're gonna chase after them. I just, just think they're gonna go around fucking with people's minds. That's what I think they're gonna do. But wasn't that the Shield's nature then at first? Nah, you know they they weren't about championships either. They were just about beating people up and kicking people's asses. But they're but they're you know but their characterization was kind of loose. I mean, they they were the Hounds of Justice, but their sense of justice was warped. And it's it's easier to it's easier to portray mercenaries who are in it for the gold. Okay, it's easier to adapt the Shield to championships. I don't think it's just as easy to adapt the Wyatt family to the same. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, uh, like uh, like we have been talking about for the rest of the podcast, so many things did happen on Raw. You know what we haven't mentioned yet were two big uh, two big names, established names in the industry that have a co- uh, come back or be finally making their debut. RVD Rob Van Dam finally came back uh, on Raw and he defeated Damon Sandow in uh, in, a, in a three to five minute match. But the bigger news is that Sting. Finally, Steve Borden has signed a contract with the WWE and he's set to appear sometime in the next year, I guess. It's relatively fresh off the presses. Um, I just found out about it this morning and, I, and wow, when I found out, I thought that this week of wrestling was not going to get any crazier. And it did. And it really did. The only way it could get any more crazier is if Sting showed up on Raw next week. And uh, my friends, this could very well be the biggest week in wrestling for the year or probably for the last couple of years because of just how everything went down. Uh, we can probably talk about Sting a lot more in our next podcast or in, in succeeding podcasts because right now, um, I want to spend some time talking about the next Paul Heyman guy. Oh, the next Paul Heyman guy. Um, a guy we all love. We've been pushing for his success um, ever since he's, I don't know, ever since he's thrown up the guy uh, he's thrown up a guy to European uppercut the first time we're talking about the winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Cesaro oh my god and who whoever thought that the win that winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal would lead to that moment right it was such a huge moment um it, ang dami nangyari i mean uh, when he was presented the the trophy by Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. himself that in itself was a big moment for Cesaro to get that rub from Hulk Hogan Hogan leaves enters Zeb Coulter uh, talking about Cesaro being a real american now and Zeb Coulter just hogging up the credit as a traditional heel would do they pretty much telegraphed the turn that was coming but That's i did right. not realize that that was what was going to happen i thought that Cesaro was going to turn face yeah maybe but I didn't realize that uh, Paul Heyman was going to come down and save the day. But I should have realized it when Seb Coulter started referring to Cesaro as a Seb Coulter guy. That's right. That's right. Dun palang giveaway na, di ba? And, yeah, and, and I, Cesaro's I, like, no, I'm not that guy. I am a Paul Heyman guy. I didn't see that coming. I it entered my head and left right away. But I didn't see that coming. Mm. So now that now that uh, Paul Heyman is managing Cesaro, what does this mean aside from the obvious Cesaro Swagger feud? Because if you watch Raw, then you've probably already seen Cesaro and Swagger just go at each other. What does it mean? It means that Cesaro's singles push, singles career, has begun again. Um, the main event thing is going to happen sooner or later. Uh, it's either it's both going to mean Cesaro versus Brock Lesnar in the future, and that's going to be a huge, huge matchup. It's the battle of the Paul Heyman guys once again. Yep, and. It's also likely going to mean Cesaro versus Brian somewhere in the future. For the world title or for not the world title, I don't care. It's a good match to see 
either way. We've seen it before on TV. Mm-hmm. They've given it away on free TV, Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. But to see it on a bigger stage for a bigger prize. And with Paul Heyman backing Cesaro. What is that? Uh, what does this mean for his, uh, number one? What does this mean for Cesaro's career? Number two, what of what kind of role do we see him playing? Because right now, if, if we're gonna be black and white about it, he's still technically uh, technically a heel, and he's fighting against Swagger, who's a bigger heel, just because people don't like him. Period. That's true. Uh, does this make him a tweener? Does this make him an anti-hero like CM Punk once was? Does this make him an eventual face? I think it's just a matter of blurred lines here. It just it's a matter of who the audience likes the more, the most, or who the audience likes more, because, um, as you said, Swagger is not loved by a lot of people. He's a black hole of charisma. I wouldn't go so far to say that, but okay. And it's not a matter of who's a heel and who's a face, really. Um, I think we can do without that here. And Parang Shield versus Wyatt's. Well, not this, well, yeah. In the at the in the beginning, because the shield was the shield were still healed back then, back when Elimination Chamber when they fought the Wyatts, and maybe it's gonna lead to a more defined role for Cesaro. Maybe once he moves on to a face opponent, to a face feud, um, he'll go back to being um, a cut and dry heel. But as for now, uh, yeah, it's really a matter of who the audience likes more. And this is huge for Cesaro to be managed by Paul Heyman To get, first of all, the rub from Paul Heyman um, The fact that this guy will be cutting your promos for you And that he will, if, if Cesaro was a heel Think of all the heat he will get just by being uh, next to Paul Heyman Just by walking right next to Paul Heyman Who is the biggest source of heat in wrestling today And the problem with that, I think, is that People love Cesaro for what he can do in the ring It's yeah. always going to be a battle of what's what. Um, Vince McMahon and Triple H want Cesaro to be versus what Cesaro is in the eyes of the crowd. And what is Cesaro in the eyes of the crowd? A huge, strong guy who can throw around people like, like I don't know, like they were rag dolls, and that's impressive. Physical strength is always impressive. Cesaro is billed at 240 pounds, and he's gotten uh, he's gotten credit over the last couple of years as the strongest wrestler pound for pound in the WWE. Now. Um, if that isn't enough of a reason to push this guy, I don't know what is. And I think this is just Cesaro getting the push that we have been waiting for for uh, quite some time. I'm telling you, this is the beginning of the renaissance. The beginning of the renaissance. I like that uh, because mm-hmm. he did present himself as, as a, a renaissance, renaissance man, man. exactly. When he first came in with the five languages gimmick, which I actually was a fan of. I love that gimmick just because uh, you know he would, he would impress me. By the fluency and the accent and how natural it's. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. People love Cesaro because he can do a lot of things well. And that's going to always clash with how he's portrayed. Right now, at this point, uh, if, you're, if you're a fan of the indies, and I know at some point Ro uh, has been a huge fan of the indies as well to some extent, do you still, <laughs> okay. hope, do you still hope for a Kings of Wrestling reunion? I don't know. Um, if Chris Hero really did part the WWE in friendly terms... It's possible, it's possible, but Chris Hero is a guy that doesn't really, you know, doesn't really have the heart to do whatever the WWE wants of him. Maybe he, maybe he did at some point, but the company ran out of patience with him. And maybe, he never ruled anything out, Warrior did come back to the WWE. It's possible, but my, maybe not in the near future. What about Sarah Del Rey? Sarah Del Rey is in NXT training uh, the next generation. <laughs> So at least we can close the book on that. Maybe. Uh, again, anything can happen. 
anything can happen and that he, that has been a prevalent prevalent theme in wrestling especially this week with the whole Daniel Bryan winning overcoming the odds and winning the championship um, at WrestleMania 30 but how about on the other side of the wrestling world how about in TNA because a similar storyline just played out today within you know within hours uh, before this podcast was recorded a huge win occurred in TNA Yep, again, hot off the presses. This happened this morning, uh, morning Philippine time. Uh, Eric Young, um, an under, um, a, similar res- a wrestler of similar stature of, as Daniel Bryan. Um, Eric Young won a gauntlet match or a battle royal, a, 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 a multi-man match to get a title shot for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, which, is cur- which, was, currently, which was held by Magnus and then... The title shot was supposed to be for the next TNA pay-per-view, but Eric Young elected to have his title shot at the same night, which is kind of familiar, don't you think? Very, very familiar. And uh, we discussed this in in the Smart Gilas Pilipinas Facebook group. By the way, if you want to be part of the, oh Smart, my God. of the Smart Gilas Pilipinas <laughs> Facebook group and be part of our discussions, you can find us by logging on to facebook.com slash groups slash Smart Gilas Pilipinas. That was real smooth, man. Thank you. I try. Now, in that group, we've already been talking about how uh, TNA has always capitalized on big momentum coming from huge storylines in the WWE. Is this another example of the TNA just ripping something off from Vince McMahon and company? It's either that or it's really just a victim of circumstance. Maybe um, they really did want to give Eric Young the, cha- the, t- the title. But um, I don't know. It, it's either TNA wanting to... Capitalize on the momentum? Yeah, capital- either capitalize on the momentum or do something really outlandish to prove that they still exist. Because uh-huh. you know it was really been a big week for WWE. Uh, right. No, in, in its ups and downs, it's been a big week, and that pretty much erases any other wrestling federation company from the public spotlight at the moment. Hell, we're talking about Eric Young in the TNA Championship right now. So I guess uh, at some point, um, it did raise Eric Young's stock. Yeah, it, it, did, it did work. It I did guess. work. It the, worked. Uh, TNA is semi-relevant. You know they've always been semi-relevant as promotion number two, but now uh, with the uh, with the win of Eric Young, we'll see how far they can take the ball, this ball, and run with it. But it's up to you. Do you think they copied the WWE, or do you think this whole storyline was a victim of circumstance? And if they copy the WWE, is it actually ethical? Like, is it ethical for a promotion to leech off another promotion's storylines, given that they exist in quote unquote separate universes anyway? I can kind of answer that. Um. In a way, yes, because um, so wrestling, no, 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 no. Um, wait, let me finish. Uh, wrestling has always relied on recycled storylines and tropes. That's right. And I guess it's ethical if you let you know some time pass between the original or the last time it happened and the next time you're gonna make it happen. But I guess this storyline just just was too similar for the taste, and it was too fresh. So I guess. It was a gamble. Maybe it worked. Bad publicity is still publicity. But it didn't really do well to raise the view of TNA with wrestling fans. In the words of Eric Bischoff, controversy creates cash. And if this kind of controversy will create cash for Dixie Carter and the rest of TNA, then it might just have been worth it. I don't know if it's going to be cash they create, but 
it's something. They create something. I just don't think it's a good thing. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can bounce. You can bounce off ideas with a sound off on Twitter. On, on Twitter. Twitter, right? You can follow us on Twitter and just uh, tweet us your reactions to everything we talked about here on the podcast. It's at Stan nine four seven at Rose War, and you can we, we can talk about anything from uh, from the Warriors' untimely passing to his promo that that epic promo. On you Raw. are free to talk with us whatever you want about wrestling because we are here to answer your questions and talk with you. That's right, because uh, just like Damon Sandow used to do, we would like to be the intellectual savior of the masses. <laughs> we're not going. We're not going to call you unwashed, though. We're not going to call you unwashed, <laughs> but we we will be your intellectual saviors. You're welcome. And uh, with that, once like- more, before we wrap up, once okay. more, I would like to thank the Ultimate Warrior for how, for everything he's ever done for the business. Thank you, Warrior. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so Warrior. much. So, again, we are sorry that we were not old enough to have been fans in your prime, but thank you. And rest in power. Um, we, of course, we we gotta thank uh, the the boys and the girls from Smart Gilas Pilipinas That's for true. always engaging us every day. Uh, we have daily themes, you know, just so just so we can encourage. <laughs> are you. we really getting into this now? We are getting into this. Okay, uh, we, the first theme Monday, Pipe Bomb Mondays. We talk about you know. Epic promos, promos, epic promos. Promos that rocked your world. The pipe bomb promos. Theme song Tuesdays, where we talk about the theme songs, you, uh, theme songs and entrance themes you remember in wrestling. Hence the name. And we got what the fuck Wednesdays. Basically, obviously. anything that makes you go what, what the, the fuck. fuck? Uh, throwback Thursdays. That's uh, that's another obvious thing. Yeah, obvious. And finisher Fridays, where we spotlight all the finishers we like. And every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, we talk about indie, indie. wrestling. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's it. That that is it. Before we go, one final note: uh, we have to congratulate Mister and Missus Brian oh, and yes. Brianna Thank Danielson. Thank you for reminding me. G- congratulations to to Mister and Missus Daniel Bryan. Yes, Mister and Missus Brian and Brianna Danielson. Uh, they they just tied the knot officially. It, yeah, today is it today? That's right. It happened yeah, exactly. today. Congratulations, guys. And um, with that, it has been a big week for I know for. Daniel Bryan and the, so let's like let's thank our friends at Philippine Wrestling Revolution. That's right. Thank you so much, our friends from PWR. They have been very supportive since we debuted with episode one of the Smart uh, Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. Filipino wrestling fans, you would do well to try and support them because they are do they are doing such a great thing. They want to set up the next, well, the new. Philippine Pro Wrestling Company And they are making headlines They have been featured on Rappler before You might want to check them out If you have a browser If you're online Just Google them It's Philippine Wrestling Revolution Or PWR You can find them And uh, they'll be able to also teach you A lot of stuff about the business And we'd like to thank our affiliated websites We've got Botched Leg Drop That's B-O-T-C-H-E-D As in Botchamania BotchedLegDrop.com And GeekOut uh, that's geekout.ph uh, With that uh, w- You know We ended on a high note we en- We're ending with uh, Daniel Bryan's wedding So why not close the show With another yes chant Yes 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 Yes, yes. yes. Hey It's Danny Pellegrino From Everything Iconic Ready to upgrade Your style game Without blowing your budget Check out Quince They've got all the good stuff Shirts and polos Activewear And fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.